Hey there, Film Buds. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. I am your host, Paul. And I'm Lauren. And this is episode 223. Uh, It's our first episode in June. Woo! June! Summertime! If you were with us last week, we we just finished Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month all throughout May. We've got uh, four episodes that you can go back and, and listen to, but we just finished that up last week with Paper Tigers and... Uh, ping pong playa. That's right. And it was a great time. It was a it was a lot of fun. It was a fun month. And if you're new to the show, each month we kind of try and go through and and center what we talk about around an idea, either a holiday or even just a time of year. You know, a sort of feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. Since last month was Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage, we did that. June is Pride Month. Yes, it is. If you didn't know, because of every single store that you probably shop at, whether it be online or in person, oh, there, put, putting a rainbow either somewhere in front of the store or on a shirt or a keychain or something, it's it's. <laughs> The whole store is probably dripping with it in at least um, the front part. Yeah. And so, but in a less cynical sense, it is legitimately Pride Month. It is a great month. It is a time to sort of celebrate and raise awareness about LGBT uh, plus community. And... uh, and it's it's sort of a really interesting thing. It's actually a distinctly American tradition. It started here in the U.S., oh. but it's now recognized globally. And it's a time to sort of recognize and celebrate the history, but also the struggles uh, that the you know LGBT plus community has faced in yes. history. Um, so. Since that's our sort of center point for the main discussion of our show, we'll be discussing uh, the history of Pride. We're going to go back, and for today's episode, we decided to go as far back as we could in history. And we're going back to a film from 1919. We found the earliest film uh, that features a gay character. After that, we're going to move on to... uh, some news, some what we're watching, and that sort of thing. Um, before we get started too far into the conversation, dear, what what are your thoughts on Pride? What did you what do you know of Pride? Have you ever partaken in a Pride parade? I have not partaken in a Pride parade. I guess I'm going to answer these in reverse order. I'm answering them in however order I feel. Fuck um, it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I've never experienced a, a pride before. Um, I guess the closest thing I have to experiencing pride is working at Express in Times Square and them giving us free shirts that didn't fit, um, that had, that had a rainbow on them and that said, like, Express is the brand that, I don't know, probably stands with you. I don't know. I wear it all the time, but I don't know what it says. It doesn't matter. Um. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't remember what it says, but I remember that it's it's awkward in its grammar. Yeah, Whenever yeah, I read it, I'm like, it's missing a word. 
yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's a really it's a really crappy try. <laughs> um, but that's like the closest thing that I have to to that. You know, it's it's got 2018 on it, and it was a it was literally a free T-shirt that if I had bought it would have cost me thirty dollars. Um, but yeah, um, no, I've I've a I've known, I guess, about Pride. I'm, I'm a little like whiffy on the, the origins of, of Pride as like a. Well, aren't you in, in luck? I know, I know. I always come here for, for a good old history lesson. It's, it's, it's what keeps my brain sharp, honestly. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I have been like a part, you know, as a, as a member of society of the, the, this, you know, evolution in, in American history, because not only is it, you know, from, from before our times, but it's also currently still, um, you know, ever changing landscape as well. History is still being made right now. In this field. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's really, you know, great to live uh, in, in these changing times of, of positivity and and positive growth and and movement. Um, and that's, and that's great. And I think that, um, I actually had like a a whole thought about, you were talking about, it is about celebration, but it's also about the struggle. And I was thinking about a lot of our, you know, heritage months, including pride month are about individuals and, and, and groups of people that have struggled you know and then then that's i think that that's probably like my best answer for anybody who's like why isn't there a white celebration holiday it's because it's because technically throughout history white people have never been the the ones struggling in a in a grand scheme. and that's not necessarily the way that the narrative of of american history is structured yes it's one of exceptionalism not suffering Yes, exactly. And so, like, why on earth would we have an, another thing celebrating your greatness when, in actuality, we can spread awareness and, and a new love for other things that are, that are contrary to how you view your everyday? And, that's, that's, and I think that that's really interesting. And I, I had that whole epiphany while we were, we were talking about it. I actually, like, wrote it down on a piece of paper so I wouldn't forget to bring it up. Um, but no, I, I'm... I was wondering what you were writing. I thought I was whiffing the intro. No, 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 no. I was having a thought and I was like, oh crap, hold on to this one. Don't, don't escape from this me. This is a good one. Hold no, on. No, literally. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that Pride is, is a, is a great time. There are so many different, um, things to celebrate about Pride, um, and about the LGBTQ plus community, you know, just it's there it's there's so many different levels to it and there's so many different ways of being a part of this and i think that that's just so beautiful and and so inspiring and like we, we need to be here to not only educate people about it but also to to be a very oh to be a support of it as well you know i think that all of these months are about that but i think that um this is a, a group of people that have been impressed for so long in 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 such drastic and unseen ways that like we don't know their history because we've literally scrubbed it from all of the books it's really <laughs> funny you mentioned that that's gonna come up come up again later i love this this that is great idea i'm having is a gonna great come time up again later you're really <laughs> you're really lining it up today dear. i know you know i'm sorry i'm sorry i just I'm passionate <laughs> uh no i think it's great before real quickly I don't want to, you know, stretch for too long, but are there any movies that sort of off the top of your head before 
we watched the movies that we watched for Pride Month. Are there any movies that sort of came to your mind, or shows even, that came to your mind as this is associated with Pride on a certain level? Um, I guess for me it's like really anything that has like you know, like a, like a gay character. Strong, openly queer in some form. Yeah, character. exactly. I mean, I guess I was very much specifically thinking about Glee. Um, <laughs> no, well, really even... anything Ryan Murphy does, because he is also, he is a gay man. Yeah. And so and he so, bakes that into everything that he yeah, does. Yeah, and I think that, you know, th- that was something that I thought of, like, almost instantly was like, oh, anything that has, like, a predominantly queer character, for sure, here we go. And for the most part, that is usually... Um, either homosexuality or like lesbians in like sure. a, in a grand scheme because you know it's it's almost as, as easy as like pairing up a man and a woman for like for like people writing these things they're like it there we go it's not any more complicated than that it's just one thing no you know yeah. once we get too more complicated than that then that's when they're like ah, i don't want to touch that um that's when we need to call the experts um but other than that oh gosh i guess I don't know. It's it's hard to like pinpoint. I guess for. I, I would you like me to maybe throw out a few? Sure. Yes, okay. that would be very helpful. Actually, Moonlight. I've never seen Moonlight. Oh, it's a great one. We should really watch Moonlight. You'll you'll love that one. It's a it's a tremendous movie. We've got the script for it as well. Yes, we do. We got the the A twenty four script for it. We need to get some more of their scripts. I I love them. Um. Oh my god, I had another one on the tip of my tongue, and it just absolutely vanished. Um, That's why I wrote things I'll go down. with The Birdcage. Okay, okay, um, that's a good one. I was, gonna, I was gonna say that one, but literally Glee slammed itself front Like the center. Kool-Aid man, right yeah, through the wall. exactly. Honestly, that's, that's how those first kind of seasons, remember? But instead we, of going, oh yeah, it went acapella. It did, it did, <laughs> to a song that shouldn't be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were going to regionals. <laughs> and then nationals that's right uh no uh i really i legitimately had like another one it was just there on the tip of my tongue i'm really kicking myself over over it suddenly just slipping away like just wee there it went um i guess in the non like movie oh broke back mountain world oh that's a that's a that's a good one that's a that's that's good. I've never seen that one either, but I've I lived in the times when that movie came out, so I'm aware. Um I guess thinking like outside of the the movie genre a little bit, you know, um Rent. Yeah. That was a huge touchstone for like my 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 adolescence and my I guess not my adolescence, but my like preteen and teenage years were were really um focused on that and like the the story and the great great time with that also um could have probably fallen in this month yeah easily um oh gosh there there was another show that i i just thought of that i can see the characters in my mind but the name of the show is gone um ah it'll come back to me that's fine um, We're both just doing great on this one right now. No, yeah, but the thing is that I guess that, you know, makes makes a little bit of a point here. It does, on with, a certain level. With the yeah. fact that, like, we're having such a hard time pinpointing, like, things that we would consider within this genre, but that makes sense because how many people are truly making things in in an honest sense? Yeah. With this in mind. 
Yeah, not just sort of token representation. Yeah, exactly. Put a kiss in the background and it's... Or, or you've got the, the token gay equivalent character who, who you throw in and it's all the, all of the tropes exactly how we all expect them to be, which doesn't make it any better than it being just a stereotype, you know? Uh, not sure, I guess, if I would lump this in, in in Pride Month, but this is, you were talking about how it's typically representations of gay or lesbian. There is, um the non-binary character in uh, The Broker in John Wick 3. Yes, yes. There have been, in media more recently, some non-binary characters that have shown up. There's a show called Billions in in Showtime. Okay. That has another non-binary character that became, like, a prominent character. Well, I think that that's where the the Q comes in. Yeah. You know? Because we've just got... The, I guess the the other overarching... No, for sure, but I was just thinking about, you know, in terms just of, in like, general, what we've not... seen in film and, and media recently. Well, yeah, and I guess um, in that, uh, in, a, in a similar wavelength to that, but then we've also got um, Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah, as which... well. Oh, that's a, that's a perfect example for a Pride show in general, really. Well, yeah, because, you know, not only do we have um, a lot of, of same-sex couples in there, but we've also got... Um, Laverne Cox. Yes, as well, and that's that's who I was thinking of when I mentioned, and then I was like, oh yeah, there there are a lot of couples in that in that show about a woman's prison. Um, but I guess yes. we've, we've sort of talked that that idea, uh, you know, th- quite thoroughly, and I guess we should we should stop teasing and jump into the the real meat of the discussion. Yes, yes. Um, let's let's learn a little bit about pride, shall we? Sure. <clears throat> you. If you're new here, welcome to the history lesson. <laughs> I'm very proud of them. You should be. So, what is Pride? So, Pride, like we said, most heritage months um, are fairly modern in their creation as well. I think it's also worth mentioning that, like, heritage months in the sense of AAPI month, Queer History Month, or, you know, LGBT uh, History Month, which is a different month than Pride Month. All of these kinds of things are much more modern... I did know that. ...creations. Well, I think that that also... The landscape is changing. No, for sure. And so... But even though they, they're new in concept, they typically have an origin, right? You can typically go back and you can find where something starts. So... Pride Month, of course, began as Pride Day, but very specifically Gay Pride Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was held in late June. Usually it was held as the last Sunday of June, but even that was sometimes a little bit of a floating date. And it's meant to celebrate the LGBTQ plus community. It typically includes parades, demonstrations, picnics, parties... Uh, festive events, but it can also include vigils, memorials of icons of the movement uh, who have typically then been lost in some sort of negative way, either through hate crime, the AIDS epidemic, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where does Pride come from? Like I said, it's Gay Pride Day is where it sort of started. And the reason that it's held in late June is to commemorate the Stonewall uprising or the Stonewall riots 
from New York City. Are you familiar at all with the Stone Wall? Um, yes. I couldn't probably give you, like, any specifics other than the, the, the fact that of, like, you know, the bare bones of the event. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand this one right back to you, honestly. All right. So, the Stonewall Riots happened June 28th, 1969. The Stonewall Inn was on Christopher Street in, I believe, Greenwich. And it was a common nightclub for uh, the queer community in New York, including, you know, all, all kinds of people. You know, the poor, the downtrod, the homeless, the young. Everyone could go there. And it was a local watering hole and sort of safe spot for the community. Um, and it was also regularly raided by police. And they were regularly harassed due to morality codes that were in place in New York City at the time. I mean, that makes sense. You know, when you literally kind of open your doors and allow anybody to, to, to join your party, of course, someone is going to be like, oh, offended. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. And there were these morality codes in place in the city at the time, and they were very strictly enforced by the NYPD at the time. And what ends up happening is they come in, and they did through what these morality, you know, laws called for, they did, like, a a sort of forced sex check. That's what they demanded. What does that... What what does that even mean? A sort of, um... To put it, you know, euphemistically, a a sort of on-the-spot look. Oh. Oh, that's too... That's... That's... That's disgusting. And so it ended up being the final tipping point for a lot of people. A lot of people refused to take part in it. A lot of people got disorderly. People started to get arrested. And people started to, at that moment, push back. Mm -hmm. And it led to a riot that lasted, like, all night. And it ended up turning into a multi-day demonstration across all of Christopher Street. Copy. And those are the Stonewall riots sort of in a very quick nutshell. And that's where Pride sort of roots from initially. Uh, Some key figures, just to throw out a few, there are several. I I suggest that you go and look up the history of the Stonewall riots. It's very interesting stuff. Some key figures from the Stonewall riots, just to name three quick ones. There's Raymond Castro, who was a uh, Puerto Rican baker. And he was the first person to be arrested. He was 28 years old at the time. Oh, wow. And he was also, like, one of the first people to fight back. Uh, You've got Jerry Hoos, who was a Christopher Street resident uh, who took part in the riots and other demonstrations on the street. He was also a founding member of the Gay Liberation Front, and he helped establish the services and advocacy for the GLBT elders which was also meant to be a bridging point between the young queer community and the older queer community. A copy, okay. And it was also meant to look out for the older members of that society who were, you know, elders are already very vulnerable members of society. And so then you add on any kind of gay, lesbian, etc. label on top of that, and it, it only furthers that. 
Yeah. And so it was also meant to help provide services to that community. Yes. Uh, then you have, of course, the the most infamous one uh, of them all, Marsha P. Johnson, who was a trans woman and an activist. And she's considered one of the, the three people more responsible sort of for the spirit of the riots and is considered a leader in the community at that time. And she was involved with a lot of activism in various forms and in multiple groups. Uh, and then she unfortunately passed away in 1992 in what was originally deemed a suicide, but then reopened as what is now a cold case homicide. I mean, probably. So that's a little bit of some people who were involved in it. One year later, uh, Brenda Howard, who is a bisexual activist, went and did the Christopher Street Parade in 1970 and then again in 1971. And those were the first two Pride Parades. Cool. Okay. Um, and then since then, there have been various parades and other events, and they have continued to sort of just expand until eventually they took up June. (laughs) (laughs) I love that that's how how this happened. It just sort of became a festival. I don't believe that, as far as I could tell, I don't think that Pride is necessarily like a national, as voted upon by Congress, month. I think that that's only October. Pride is very much a spirit of the movement from where it started it okay. just grew. Okay. Thin. So I have to actually, I, I thought a little bit harder about your original question of if I had ever experienced a pride, and I have to revise my statement. Excellent. I, I, I did, um, in, a, in a sense, experience pride while living in New York, honestly, because the thing is, is like, it's like I got off from work, and some of my, my friends from work were, we were going to go downtown and um experience the, the the shenanigans basically and we like bar hopped for a little bit and it was like fun and we got you know dressed up as, as much as you can honestly in in the the new york summer heat in you know <laughs> in outside you know everything is pretty much outside but yeah like we it was it was a lot of fun um i can't believe that i forgot about this i only did like a day's worth of like Priding, so like it wasn't really um like a month long endeavor. There was just like there was one really big party that was that was going around downtown. Like I guess I guess it um I can't remember what day it was, but like I think that some event was going on around it as well. And so yeah, um and then I took my very very long subway ride back home afterwards. Well, at least you have a pride story. Yeah, I mean I I guess I expect to to experience pride more than that but honestly my new york days are are starting to become a blur (laughs) a little bit so um has it been that long i mean it's it's been i'm gonna blame i'm gonna blame covid brain a little bit as well no honestly it's just been kind of like a nebulous um but but yeah yeah, that's a that's a that's a great great little story thank you for including that yes Um, i mean it's not very exciting but like you know it was, a, it was a whole party in, a, in an entire neighborhood, which was, was, was pretty weird and, and exciting. Yeah, and that's, that's really, you know, sort of the foundational spirit of it. Yeah. Um, so, as I mentioned, the, the nationally recognized thing that, you know, is Congress approved and such is LGBT History Month, which was founded in 1994. Okay. 
and it uh, is in October to coincide with uh, National Coming Out Day, which is October 11th, and the anniversary of October 14th, 1979, which is the LGBT March on Washington. Okay, wow. So that's the sort of nationally recognized uh, alternative that you have as well. Okay. So you've got Pride here, which is all based around, you know, Stonewall and the activism side of it and sort of, you know, from from the movement itself. Yeah, and then you've got the... The, the history month, the proper history month in October. Yes, copy, okay. And so that's a little bit for for y'all about about pride nice awesome and so that's why we're celebrating it this month and of course we love to look at film in all of its context and if you look at film's history and open up the door especially outside of just the context of movies that have sound movies made in america or the uk Mm mm-hmm you really find a lot of examples of all kinds of stuff in cinema. And so we did some digging around into cinema history from around the world. We actually covered something that is considered to be the first on-screen kiss between men. It's Wings. Is it really? It is considered to be the first potentially romantic on-screen kiss between men delightful look at us and so if you if you haven't listened to that episode go and check that one out uh and then on top of that what we ended up finding was a really fascinating movie from 1919 it's a german film you know how we love our teens german cinema here on film buds (laughs) it's actually legitimately one of my favorite pockets of film history from around the globe and so wouldn't you know it it didn't let me down Late teens, silent German cinema. Here we go. Had the first on-screen representation of a openly gay character that also, I mean, obviously the open part states this, that wasn't coded in any way and also was not an openly negative portrayal in any kind of way. No, yeah. I mean, I guess without like further ado, we might as well just get started. Exactly. So we're going to go ahead and jump on into it. So for a little bit of background for y'all, different from the others was made at a really interesting point just after World War 1 where there was essentially no censorship in place. Okay. Uh and so people struck while the iron was hot. Mhm. And I think partially because of the strict censorship, but also because of the the outcome of the war and what people saw in the war and in the in the society that led to the war, people wanted to talk about social issues. Mm-hmm. So one person in particular was a producer named Richard Oswald. Okay. He made several social films that were all supposed to be socially progressive. And he usually went and consulted with experts, one expert in particularly, and would craft these stories about social issues, where also in that story, someone would go to an expert in that field 
and the expert would explain mm-hmm. why society was like X and why X idea was good or bad, depending. Okay. So we'll talk about the example that happens in, in the film that we watched. Yes. Perfect. Um, so there was a law on the books in Germany called, uh, it was Penal Code Paragraph 175, and it had been implemented in 1871, and it was essentially a, a gay ban. Okay. And it was actually toughened under Nazi occupation, and it wasn't completely repealed from the Penal Code of Germany until 1994. 94? Yeah. Wow, that's that was way too late, but that's fine. They did it. I I should also, uh, you know, you just said at least they did it. I should I was about to say, well, at least they did it officially on their legal documents and didn't leave it up to a Supreme Court case that could be overturned. I mean, honestly. So, uh the first movement against the law actually happened in 1897 and it was led by a man named Dr. Magnus Hirschfeld, mm. and he was an expert in sex and sexuality and gender, and he consulted on the film. He was the expert on this film. He oh. is also the one that plays the expert. The in- expert that they go to that explains how being gay isn't bad. Oh my god! Wow. And so that's sort of how this whole thing worked. I love it. You could be a scientist and an actor. Anything is possible. <laughs> in nineteen twenties ish Germany. Yeah. Sure is. Man, so, progressive back then. There we go. We found the era. They were specifically called Enlightenment films at the time. They included topics around abortion, uh, STDs, etc. And he made about 150 films during this window. Wow. Uh, And different from the others was the first about paragraph 175 uh, and, and openly about homosexuality. Uh, the outcry about this film and several of his Enlightenment films... Shocking. ...led to the reestablishment of censorship laws. Shocking. And so, uh, by 1920 and then eventually 1921, almost all of his films were banned. Ugh. Uh, part of the reason, uh, that this film is only a fragment... Mm-hmm. This is where I'm going to bring it back to what you mentioned earlier about scrubbing out people's existence. Ooh. Nazis. Oh, that, What yeah. was part of the Nazi movement? It wasn't just the eradication of, of Jewish people. It was the eradication of everyone that was considered outside and other. And yes. that also included trying to destroy every piece of culture produced by that group of people. There was, there was a, uh, an iconoclasm, mm-hmm. right, of, of people trying to go through and wreck all of the iconography and destroy it and burn it and ruin it, and there are works that are lost forever because of that. And that's partially why this only exists as a fragment. I mean, I can't imagine, I guess, what we have of the the rest of it that we're missing. Um, 
I mean, but I felt like it was a... Every pretty... time there was a lengthy paragraph. Oh. And the reason that they introduced the characters by a still photo that looked really awkward, but they knew who the character was, was them using notes about the film and what they knew was missing to fill in all of that data. Fascinating. I was wondering why, like, some of the you would just suddenly were just, like, photos. And they were so, like, they talked about the one guy's sister so much. The one guy's sister was a character. Like, all of her scenes are gone. So I think it's funny that they destroyed all of the all of the parts that like didn't really pertain to like his homosexuality. Yeah, someone worked really hard to save the important bits. Oh, well, I mean, hey, good for them. <laughs> someone worked really hard to save the important parts. They were like, "Here, you can burn these." <laughs> no, I promise that's the whole thing. No, that's all that's all of it. I swear. Yeah. And so uh that's that's one of the the reasons that we have it. Uh, it was released May twenty eighth, nineteen nineteen. It has a runtime currently of fifty minutes. It uh, is directed by Richard Oswald. It is written by Richard Oswald and Magnus Hirschfield. Uh, and it stars uh, Conrad Vert as Paul Corner. Fritz Schultz as Kurt Sievers, and Magnus Hirschfeld as doctor and sexologist. That's right. And the plot is two male musicians fall in love, but blackmail and scandal makes the affair take a tragic turn. Um, so they've now, of course, listened to me talk about this for an indefinite period of time. Why don't you go ahead and take it away? Dear, what did you think? Of different from the others. This is our first incomplete film. We've never done one. Yes, because all of the other silent films that we've done have been complete works. Um, you know, you see though the entire thing. And I guess that's why for this one I didn't really care so much that there are paragraphs and stuff in it. I just assumed that that was stuff that like they just didn't have the budget or something to show me. Kind know? of like uh, how we would get some pretty lengthy bits in... Uh, where are my children? Oh yeah, or Nosferatu. Like, yeah, just... Nosferatu can have some chunks. Yeah, out of nowhere, it'll just be like the whole screen is words. Read it, um, and you've got a time limit. Um, no, um, so yeah, this the, it didn't like phase me at all, and I was really curious. I guess I was like, well, where are the missing parts? You know, um, I just assumed that that was kind of what they <laughs> what they wanted. In a, in a certain way, you know, fragment. I was like, oh, it could be five minutes missing from this. It's a fragment, you know, of the original whole. No, that's fair. I mean, to be considered a fragment is a nebulous claim. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't really, I guess, know how much of the movie we were truly missing. Um, but it didn't it didn't take away at all from, from my enjoyment of watching this film. I, I liked this way better than Where Are My Children, this movie. Yes! Even oh though my. it's a fragment, it's a much better movie oh than Oh my Where gosh, my yeah, that, that movie was horrifying. And it's not just because... Let me, let me say this. It's not just because I disagree with some of the message of Where Are My Children. It is also because... That movie, in my opinion, even as a silent film, is poorly made. Partially because our actors aren't doing enough no, to yeah. convey what is happening in 
any of this stuff. No, that you're I'm just seeing. you're just lost in this nebulous, and then out of nowhere they start throwing plot at you, and you're just like, I wasn't prepared for any of this. You could have had actors tell me these things, you know, with with their with their body actions. language, yeah, That's, with with their actions. Um, but no, I never had that problem with this movie at all. Um, I wasn't really prepared. The, my I guess my only note for this movie in its current format is uh, where the subtitles are located knocked out a lot of like actual me reading of stuff and it was really annoying like i would miss like final sentences of like paragraphs because there was just the subtitle blocking the entire thing that we couldn't get rid of because they were like the russians need to read this yeah so we'll 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 i guess we'll talk vaguely about that in just a second um no i agree with you i think that this is a really well-made silent movie germans in the 19-teens, figured the fuck out of cinema. Oh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Nosferatu. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Different from the others. Metropolis. There are so many examples of early German film that are absolutely incredible. Yeah, for sure. Um, they figured this shit out. And I just was, I guess I was so taken away by the, by the message of this movie as well and how, how much they, they wanted to, to, um, humanize, mm -hmm. you know, our, our lead, our, our, our homosexual character who is being persecuted and they, they literally do so many ways of, of being like, this is completely natural and this is scientists in the early 1900s that are like, no, this isn't a problem. And yet here we are, ah, here we are literally a hundred years later being like, it's definitely a problem. So now I know what ancestry I'm going to point at and be like, you guys are crazy. Well, think about also, though, what's really hot in this region of Europe in the late 1800s going into the 1900s. I mean, I can, I can guess, but I think that you should just give the answer. Psychoanalysts. You've got Freud coming out. You've got Jung coming out. You've got the birth of these people who are really delving into what is it to be human at the most fundamental level? What are the core concepts that unite us all? What are these things that are universal in us, both positively and negatively, mm -hmm. that exist across all of human society? Mm -hmm. And you look at early German film, you look at, uh, you know, all of the early expressionist horror films from that time, from Germany at that time, they are all dripping with psychology. Mm -hmm. They are all brimming with trying to figure out the darker, twistier parts of the brain. Uh, and you look here, and you've got someone who is trying to figure out this part of humanity. It's here. Why is it here? What is it? No, yeah, and I also just, I think that the, I think that the, the way that they made this film as, as what they were making it to be, it's an educational film, you know, is, is, this is supposed to, you're supposed to watch this and you're supposed to change your opinion about our main character based on the circumstances of the film that we watch. 
You know, you're yeah. supposed to understand, and, and then that's also why, you know, they have the the expert come in and, and, and talk about it very scientifically, very very matter-of-factly, being like, no, it, you know, it's, it's completely natural, and this is why, and, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of, there's nothing wrong with your son. You know, he's just like, he's just like, those are the facts, like, it's, it's not, like, over-dramatized or no. anything like that, and I just, I really think that this what it was supposed to be as an educational film I think that it was completely successful in that as well I I very much enjoyed it no and and to to touch on two points it's called it's called an enlightenment film Mm. you were supposed to be educational is fine (laughs) but like you were supposed to be enlightened yeah, it's a light bulb is supposed to go off. You know, you know what the ideals were? Here's a little history lesson that I'll crack out for y'all about America. I know you love it. Yeah. You know what uh, the founding fathers' ideals were were referred to? They were referred to as being based in enlightenment. These films were supposed to be films that helped you stretch out and reach further and provide you with with how you could understand it. And on top of also just explaining it, what I also enjoyed was that they showed how the criminalizing of it didn't stop the problem. Air mm-hmm. quotes around problem. And it also only criminalized or, or, or made them the victims of the criminalizing. Yeah, exactly. Because our main character ends up becoming the subject of an extortionist because he can't live openly. And this person is literally using his 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 life as blackmail. Yeah. His his truth as blackmail. To completely undermine him and even though in the end spoiler alert, it's a hundred years old, whatever. Uh spoiler alert. Even in the end, even though the extortionist gets the harsher sentence, he knows in the end that when he walks out, being labeled an extortionist is going to get brushed off faster by society than being branded gay. Well, yeah. And, and so I think that the film does a really great job of just landing every single blow that it wants to hit, even yeah. as a fragment. No, yeah, and honestly, like, I... I um. It was fascinating to see see the the this issue that we've been living with our entire life, you know, the the issue of e- equality in all senses and all facets for all people. Yeah. Um watching the struggle of this happen and the the persecution through a, a lens of 100 years ago. And to again to your point of also seeing how how similar the argument still is. Yeah, you know, I think that we're we're just, you know, we're in a, in a circle. We're in a repeating thing where we have a revolution and then it settles and then we have another revolution. And it's not always the revolution that you're rooting for, but there's a revolution happening, you know? Um, and I just, I think that I, I really enjoyed this, this movie a lot and I found it very educational and very insightful. But it, very, very well made. You can buy it as an incomplete fragment and honestly, like, I really might buy the movie. No, I, I would love to add it to the collection. I think that it is um, a, truly something that is, is worth preserving in, in a more solid sense than like, you know... Where we found it. Exactly. Speaking of where we found it, so it is a little bit harder to find. You can find it on DVD. There are places to find it online. The place that we found it 
was posted in Russian, and so everything had a Russian subtitle to it. Yes. And so, to to Lauren's point, what was happening was, because of the place that we watched it being in Russian, we were losing entire chunks to the Cyrillic alphabet, like, right at the bottom. Because it wasn't just like, you know, they were literally like, you're reading this. And so it, it had like a black, or like an opaque, you know, um, gray right there, where you were like, I can't see through this. Yeah. You know, like, I, I couldn't see what the words could possibly be if i if i even at points i was like maybe if i paused the film right now and it really, would get rid of the subtitles and i could read it yeah or like i could see these bits of letters for long enough to to figure out what words they are behind them you know but it was just it would go by so fast and it was it was very frustrating um but i even with that for the most part seeing the film I could I could understand everything, which was great, um, because the 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 film itself is translated into. I mean, like, obviously it's a silent film. Yeah. But like the the cards are all in English. Are all in English, which is very um, very helpful. It wasn't it wasn't like you were trying to read, you know, German with some English with, with some, some Russian. Russian over it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah, no. I really I really enjoyed this film a lot. I. It's it's fascinating, also knowing that so far back and also honestly even further back than this, you know, people have had, we've we've had both opinions for so long about about this, you know, and about other things that we've we've struggled to actually make you know any good out of because we're constantly standing in one spot, but that's fine. But this was like a like a voice for that, you know, in a, in a huge facet, in a huge medium for, like, the first time. You know, you can write about these issues and, you know, send it to, and back in those days, actually get it peer-reviewed and, like, people go, oh, yes, this is scientific. Um, but this is, like, a really, this is the first time, and in a positive light, I'm sure, that anything like this has existed, and that's why they wanted to scrub it from the history books. But I just think that that's, um... I just think it's crazy that we're still here. You know, so that I can, close to here. Yeah, that I can I can look back at this and go, no, I, I know exactly how this guy feels. Like, are we maybe further? In some ways, perhaps. But at the core idea, are we really further? Not by much. Not yeah. by enough. Not by enough. And I think that that's also some of the underlying idea, actually, that underlies a lot of of activist sentiment of are we further yeah but not by much and not as much as we could be yeah it's it's kind of like let's i guess compare it to like um the minimum wage yeah you know it, the it's, fight for 15 it, it, we keep we got it increased we did it but now it's still too little but now it's too little too late and we've been fighting for this number for so long that like, now people are like you want to go bigger because like what do you what do you mean you know we have it took us this long to get to to 15 there's no way that i you're can take see... it up to to any i'm not i'm not going past 20 no, we're not going past 20 for the next 30 years at this rate because yeah. it took us, what, 30 years to get it past 725. And it's still not a change in the federal. 
No. It is only a change at certain states. The federal minimum wage is still seven twenty five. And that's exactly how it feels for like for for pride issues, for for really any ethnic group that's Yeah, some struggled. states have it better, but the minimum wage is still seven twenty five. And at a federal level, you're still this. Yes. You know, states can make their opinions and, and make their rules and this, that and the other, but until it is a it is a it is a national precedent Mm -hmm. it might as well not exist great the supreme court to bring i guess this part of the discussion back great the supreme court has set an establishment on x there still isn't a hard law on the books so therefore that protects x it's it's like having an entirely unpaid you know an, an unlined road and you're like, yeah, so traffic is totally going in a direction, but technically, I do not have to. And therefore, I can go around it whatever way I want to. Yeah, the only thing that's, that's, that's making sure that, that that is the norm is people following it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so just, you know, seeing something like this is just so eye-opening, so, so... So inspiring and like a oh history was doing some good stuff kind it's of way. It's surprisingly forward. Oh if you my if you have gosh, never it seen is... it, if you have never seen it, it is surprisingly forward for a movie from 1919. Like it is a movie that came out 1 year before here in the US women could vote has some of the most progressive, openly spoken ideas on sex and gender. I've seen in just about any movie since <laughs> pretty much. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm, that's obviously like an overstatement, but you like, know? It's, but like it is truly astounding how progressive, how, how forward thinking, how equal this movie wants it to be. Yeah. And yet it also is so heartbreaking to know that like we could have gone even more forward from here but instead we keep going back yeah for a period of time and then making it to literally this point again and then backtracking again it's 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 like two steps forward and like one and a half back yeah you, you know, know it's we always still have that little bit of progress but we always come back in some way yeah and it's 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 it just it, it makes me want to you know just keep going, yeah. You know keep keep fighting the the good fight as as so many are for not only like this season but for for all seasons. Um, I think that it is it's it's truly important that we we stop <laughs> we stop this cycle. It's maddening. Yeah, I I'm angry at it. <laughs> I'm sure not everyone is, but I'm angry. You know, it shouldn't keep repeating. It's it's pointless then. Yeah. So if you had to rate different from the others out of five, what would you rate it? Um, I think that I will give different from the others a four. Um, just because there are some 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 technical issues with this current version of it like i i understand that i i find the the weird photos of the families as they're like doing a thing like so weird because it's not even like a good 
photo. But that's all they got. No, I know, and I know that. But also, as a as a whole piece, I still have to, you know, I have to, I have to grade it accordingly. Um, but I think that I think that the acting is really great. I always love this this genre in in makeup. I love all of the weird smoky eyes that this that the German cinema of silent age was like. Everybody got to have some hard eyeliner. That was all silent film. Look at Charlie Chaplin. I mean, yeah, but nobody's looking at his eyeliner. They're looking at the mustache. Fair. Um, I and I I truly just enjoyed the the hell out of this this movie a lot, and I do want to to go back and rewatch this movie. Um, In again. a better format. Yes, obvious. Yeah. Um, you know, and actually get to find out those last little bits of things that we definitely don't know. <laughs> driving me up a wall. Um, but yeah, no, I think that this movie is great. Uh, I'm going to go with a five. I really, I'm very impressed with this movie. I really think that it is, I think it's fantastic. If I was running some sort of film history class. Oh, this would definitely be This would be, be foundational. Oh, for sure. I think it's I think it's a great movie. I think it's really really interesting. I think it I think it has great history. I think the story of how we have this movie tells a great story. And I I really I really enjoyed the movie and the experience of learning more about it and and I I really appreciate what this film and is and, and all that it stands for. No, yeah, it really, like, personified a, a universal struggle, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why Pride is around the world. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, to round out the show, uh, of course, we always have what we're watching. So, Lauren and I have been, I've been, of course, watching the Star Wars movies. I made my way up to, like, Return of the Jedi, and then Lauren joined me for The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Yes. Um, the Last Jedi, after after going back and rewatching, I still don't know how to feel about me and Star Wars anymore. Honestly, like I really don't. Um, I think that for me, Star Wars ends kind of like how I feel about Marvel, where like our, the last phase was my favorite, and then it stopped there. You know, for me, it's like all right, the Last Jedi is my favorite, and then we stop there for all of it. <laughs> um. But but I still I still struggle with a lot of of what I feel and how I feel about Star Wars um, and the and the and the community and and where the franchise is and is going. And honestly, like going back and rewatching all of them, um, the one that did I will say this get me the most excited again about rewatching it was the Last Jedi. Like I I really really enjoyed rewatching that one a lot. Um, and it, it really might be my favorite of them, such as they stand right now. Uh, I, I really adore that film a lot. And so I really enjoyed going back and rewatching those. Uh, on top of that, Lauren saw Top Gun for the first time. (laughs) Yes, I did. Um, uh, (laughs) I really enjoyed it. It is, it is so 80s. It, it. It is, a, it is a great ride. You know, I love a good 80s movie. You know I do. Um, and, oh gosh, I mean, did Top Gun come out in, 
yeah, eighty six. You know, right in the right in the middle, right in the pocket, right in the sweet spot of what eighties movies are. Yeah, exactly. And this is this is a type of eighties movies that I don't that I don't watch a lot. You know, um, it's like the action you know movie, but it it hits all of those those good sweet moments really well. I think that it's a great um, well acted movie, well written movie. Um, and for the most part, obviously, I, I think that the iconic volleyball scene is hilariously like, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. That's why it stands out. No, yeah, because literally, like, we're just trugging along and then out of nowhere. Volleyball. Boom. Volleyball. Um, <laughs> honestly, like, I think I love it more for that. Just the fact that they were like, and here's a cutaway to volleyball for a real quick bit. Um, let's watch some glistening man get no sand on themselves as they play beach volleyball action. Um, but yeah, no, I had a blast. I'm, I'm really excited about um, watching the new one. We haven't watched it yet, but we are planning yeah. on doing it soonish, soon, soon adjacent. Um, which is, which I wanted to watch this before we did that because I didn't want to go into that movie not having any idea of what's going on other than being like, ooh, planes. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Yeah, I finally get to, get to hear people reference the, the hell out of the first one and not know what they're talking about. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a fun time. Um, yeah, we watched a, we watched a good little bit, honestly, um, between the last time we recorded and, and today. That's yeah. A, that's pretty exciting. Um, um, beyond, beyond that, um, I did want to get your thoughts on the Pinocchio trailer. Oh. Oh, my thoughts on the Pinocchio trailer. I, I, I'm so mad that you, you brought this up. <laughs> Oh god. I don't know if I've ever hated a thing more. <laughs> I I think that this was honestly from trailer alone, I honestly don't. It could could probably make me cry. But it I highly doubt it. I absolutely highly doubt it. It looks like a copy and paste. What if we put a live action filter on the original movie and then threw Tom Hanks in that? What thing? if we did it again but shittier? Oh, God, it looks so bad. This makes me madder than um, the actual watching of Mulan did. I'm, 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 I'm sick to fucking death of them. Oh, I really am. God, it, they're not even trying anymore. They used to, they used to actually be like, we're going to make a live action version of this and we're not going to entirely copy and paste. And this, they made Tom Hanks look exactly like Geppetto, an Italian man in Italy. And they were like, this is fine. He looks like a cartoon. I'm just going to wait for the Guillermo Pinocchio. I mean, yeah, obviously. I'm just going to wait for it. Yeah, because at least Guillermo's... He's going to do something. He's going to do something fantastic. Whether I like it or not is up to to me. But I know that he's going to do something fantastic. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely offended by this entire movie. It makes me so mad. <laughs> when I saw, like, the, the cricket literally pop up, and I was like, no, he looks like a cartoon. He yeah, looks, he looks like a cartoon cricket. He looks like, I was like, they didn't even try to, to Make lion. it like a photorealistic cricket. Yeah, I was like, they didn't even try to lion, the live Lion King this no, thing. A, where they a cartoon were, cricket. It, it's so maddening. It, it, it's to the point where I was like, who is the puppet in this? If, if they all look like puppets. The audience. Oh, yeah. 
That's right. They said, dangle the keys. Look at it. Ooh, it's got Disney on it. And I hate. Absolutely hate. Um, this is, this is not the Tom Cruise movie. I mean, Tom Cruise. This is not the Tom Hanks movie that I want to watch. No, that's fair. <laughs> Let it all. I'm fine. Let it go into the $5 bin and maybe I'll pick it up. Tom Jim Hanks is, Tom Hanks' streaming career is not for me. That's all oh, I can say. gosh. Yeah. Um. No, I'm, I'm excited about the, the Elvis movie way more than this performance. This is. Because it's going to a theater. He tried harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure. Um beyond that, the the other thing that I wanted to bring up was um Netflix recently decided that it is no longer going to do um a few different things. So it has laid off some people again, if I'm Shocking. not mistaken. It has discontinued its live action family film division. It has also discontinued doing uh, director-driven projects that have an unlimited budget kind of a thing. So, Roma, um, Power of the Dog, probably, The Irishman, some of these movies that they have had recently that are these very prestige oscar-worthy titles they're no longer making them they are now going to focus entirely on four quadrant crowd-pleasing big budget films so schlock yeah i mean that's fine churros yeah that's 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 totally fine with me i really don't care at this point anymore you know like netflix is a dumpster fire and uh, watch it burn that's what i say i mean when was the last time genuinely that you were watching something on netflix a show yeah any any i guess netflix original content like that you were like i'm watching this the power of the dog anything before that The only thing that's really popping to mind right now is either, like, The Irishman or Defy Bloods. It was the stuff that they're getting rid of. No, honestly, right? (laughs) The stuff that was drawing me in is probably most of the stuff that they're chucking. Um, No, yeah, and I guess, like, for shows, like, the last time I was genuinely watching something... I am gonna watch Stranger Things 4. Well, yeah, um, obviously. Um, I never got into Black Mirror, so, like, that's not... And that didn't even start with them. See, and that's, that's just... They just picked it up. It's, it, for me, it, I, I have no idea, man. Well, and they're gonna stop doing that because they, they sunk a bajillion dollars into Bandersnatch, which was never going to make back its money. And, it was uh, a really interesting concept, and I enjoyed the, the watch of it, but well, I agree. The, they had planned originally that they were going to create an entire division of branched narrative content. So everything And that that was, was just... going to potentially be something that Netflix was known for, was creating all of these interactive branch narrative content shows. Uh... And so, yeah, they, they were going to have things where it wasn't just that you were re-watching the movie. You were going back and sinking every hour into it for all of the... 
Well, yeah, I mean, I also understand that, but at the end of the day, you know, video games are already doing it more successfully. And, and for cheaper. Exactly. So I, I get why they didn't go down that rabbit hole. Um, but, like, honestly, the last time that I was genuinely watching something, like, on Netflix that was a repeating, like, a coming out thing they were, like, dropping, and I don't even know, I guess, if this was a Netflix original thing, but I do know that they canceled it, was the OA. It was. They did two seasons and got rid of it. I loved the OA. I thought the OA was fantastic. But again, like, it was all of these really interesting artsy things that, like, I, I looked at and I read the description and I saw the, the trailer instead of the trailer just, like, appearing and wanting me to watch it so desperately, begging me to, and I'm going, ugh, mute it. Um, well, I mean, I think it was pretty telling that the creator of BoJack Horseman essentially said that if BoJack Horseman came out, at the point where he was ending his relationship with Netflix. It would have never lasted. It wouldn't have been continued for anything more than the first season and gone on to become one of the most popular Netflix shows ever that's now in syndication on Comedy Central. It's so popular. It would have never gotten there. No, but that's also because they've they've basically ruined their entire brand by by chasing this this rabbit hole of content creation instead of actually cultivating you know, they've good been, content. They've been junkies on a high. Yeah. And, and and finally, they're hitting the plateau, which is about to become the crash. Yeah, I mean they're never gonna they're never gonna get back to where they were. No, not not at this rate. Honestly, not not ever at this point. I I I think that they will probably continue on for a good period of time. But I think Netflix is in a really tight fucking spot, yeah. personally. Because I don't think a lot of people fucking care anymore. No, honestly, and I, I, that was the one that, like, I wanted. I didn't, I, did, I only had Netflix. Yeah. I didn't have Once any, upon a time. I didn't have any of the other ones because I didn't need them. But now, we this, have every streaming service and we hardly go to Netflix for any reason whatsoever. This is also, though, so often what happens with people that disrupt and innovate in some sort of way is that it's then hard for them to continue doing it because they get so mired in the process that then they end up being the last people performing. And the funny thing is, is like when Netflix started out, you remember the early days of Netflix where there was just a, a sea of crap on there and you like, I had the occasional great thing, but like for the most part, you're like, what is all of this stuff from other places that they and got now it's for all really Netflix. cheap? produce stuff and i go what the fuck is all of this yeah because they can't possibly because they drop like hundreds of things a day there's no way that they can actually properly get me excited for anything anymore a netflix comedy special means almost nothing yeah it's it almost like saying you have a podcast <laughs> during the pandemic well thank you very much film buds was started before the pandemic so that's right so we win on the sadness and we'll be here after maybe the pandemic tbd we don't know when it's gonna end patent pending <laughs> that's right um but yeah i mean Remember when I was trying to watch movies from our movie collection while yeah. out of the house? I couldn't find anything on Netflix. I found one movie out of the, like, tw 12 movies that you sent me. Only one of them was available on Netflix. Yeah. That used to not be the case. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. But honestly, yeah, I, let them... Let them dig this hole to the center of the earth until their, their fingernails bleed. I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Because also, like... They they don't care. Yeah. 
the last thing that I wanted to bring up was, uh, of course, last week, we lost a legend. Um, the great Ray Liotta passed away very, very young. Um, he was only 67. I know that some people might not consider that young, if you yourself are young. Uh, but 67 is is far too young. Um, and, you know, he was, he was one of the greats. He's, I, I mean, I grew up watching Ray Liotta. Obviously my first one was, I think like a lot of film buffs, my first Ray Liotta movie was The Godfather. Or not The Godfather, excuse me, was Goodfellas. I was like, he's not in, in The Godfather. <laughs> no, my first Ray Liotta movie was Goodfellas. And, um... He's he's so magnetic in that movie, and he just went on to have a great great career after that, uh, killing them softly. You know, more recently, uh, his turn in Observe and Report. He's he was really such a tremendous actor, and uh, and it's a, it's a real shame that he passed away. Um, he apparently passed away in his sleep, so at least I guess he went peacefully. Yeah, um, and like you know. Of places to to be when you take your final breath. I mean, like, he was in the Dominican Republic. I think that's pretty fancy, considering he was born in Jersey. Fair enough. You know, not, not saying, you know, anything bad about that. But, like, you know, I'm not expecting to go out in the Dominican Republic. I've never even left the States. <laughs> uh, no, I see where you're coming from. But uh, it's, it's a real shame and... Uh, if you're not familiar with his work, I definitely go and recommend that you not just go and look at Goodfellas, obviously, but also go and look at um, at some of his other stuff that he did, because he was more than just Goodfellas. He had a entire filmography after that movie, and I really suggest that some of y'all go and look it up, and including some of his more recent work, because some of his more recent work is, is really great. He was the bad guy in Wild Hogs. I'm not saying that's necessarily one of his great works. Oh but... my gosh! I, you, I'm i not even going to lie. I think that that might be my very first, like, like not in, 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 in actual, like, year's time of, like, the earliest movie, but I, like, I think that that might genuinely be... The first time that you watched a full movie start to finish where Ray Liotta was in it. Yeah, because that's the movie with John Travolta, right? Yeah, and, yeah! and William H. Macy and oh Martin Lawrence gosh. and Tim Allen. I didn't realize that that was him, but and, that's how uh, I know. <laughs> Marissa Tomei. Yes. No, um, I didn't realize that that was him, but that's that's usually my giveaway when I realized that I watched that movie really young and I had no idea who that actor was Yeah. until, you know, a later point in my life. That's that's hilarious. I'm sorry. Um, not in like a ha ha funny way, but in a oh really kind of way. Uh, so wow, yeah. you're not lying. I'm scrolling through currently. Um, his like cinematography, uh, not cinematography. His um acting career, and there are just multiple things for years here. Like, 2011 has what, seven, seven things. Some of them are shorts and TV stuff, but, like, he was, he was a working actor. Yeah. And that's very, that's very impressive. Some voice stuff, TV shows, video games. Um, that's, that's very, that's very respectable, honestly. Um, very, cons just consistent. I mean, he's still, he's gonna be having stuff coming out. Posthumously, yeah. yeah. For a little while. Yeah, you know, and that's, 
that's that's really incredible truly and um you know you're 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 completely right we have we have lost a a legend in in the acting world um which is is truly which is truly a tragedy um just people don't work this hard anymore no not like that uh so I think that's just about all that we have for y'all. Um, dear, do you have what what's something that you have look that you're looking forward to uh in our in our Pride Month discussion after our after we finished out this first one, what's something that you're looking forward like to? Like a movie that I'm looking forward to talking about or 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 a, a a question maybe that you're hoping I'm going to to cover anything, I guess. Um, I mean, I guess I will go with a movie that I'm looking forward to talking about because that was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. I'm Priscilla Queen of the 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 Desert is is I'm I'm pumped about that one. Not for any reasons other than like I had no idea what we were getting into. Yeah. <laughs> with a name like that, like I was ready for anything. And you got it. I did. And yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And honestly, just like our, our month's discussions, I'm I'm really looking forward to, to talking about these these movies that we have coming up. And um, you know, get to, to really go through history and, and different ebbs and flows of what it means to be a part of the, the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I think the Priscilla talk is going to be great. I'm trying to get us a guest for that one. Ooh. Um, and so we, we might have another guest along the way. I'm, I'm going to work on trying to get us, uh, some, some guests along the way. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. If you haven't, of course, go and check out, like I mentioned, all of our, our previous month's episodes on Asian American Pacific Islander heritage. Uh, also go and check out Wings, uh, which I mentioned the review that we did back in February, I believe, uh, was early Oscar yes, films. Be- yes. Um, yes, because March was Women's, Women's History. History Month. Uh. Ooh, this, this year is just like speed skating away <laughs> you know uh and so go and check out that one uh go and follow us on social media at the film buds podcast on instagram the film buds on twitter um go and check out the website the send us an email at the film buds podcast at gmail.com um Thank you guys, of course, as always, for listening. We, of course, really appreciate you guys coming and, and listening every week. Uh, we, we recently had a, a lot of viewers from around the world, uh, in particular, actually, India. So if you're still here with us, hello, thank you, welcome. Uh, and yeah, Definitely be sure to come back next week. We're going to be tackling uh, a different sort of focus of the the LGBTQ spectrum of, of issues, and we're actually going to be talking a little bit about heavy stuff. 
the the HIV and AIDS epidemic of the eighties, uh, in in the lens of Ryan Murphy's film The Normal Heart, which is based on a play of the same name. So definitely be sure to come back next week when we talk about that. Um, I know I definitely sold that. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you had like said it with like a song and a dance, I would have been like, "How dare you!" <laughs> so. Uh, but no, thank you guys as always for listening. Come back next week, uh, and we'll talk to you guys then. Bye! Bye.